0: Hi everyone, it's Karina here and I'm so glad that you've joined this podcast again. You know, Sam and I, we love to talk anything authentic, vulnerable, faith, relationship, marriage, whatever it is. And um, I'm sure you've listened to the other two podcasts that I've already done. And I'm so, so excited to have another great podcast planned today. And um, I've got a really uh, wonderful and seasoned person with me here. And so I want to introduce to you Lynn Pecker. She is an author, an artist, beautiful art that you can also see on uh, her website, website. and a Christian minister, Minister. she does various things. If you just go to www.robandlynn.org, I will link that later on below. Um, you will find out everything that Lynn is involved with and it's worth having a look. Um, Lynn, just before we get into talking about your bo- a book, um, Daughters of Eve, that you've just recently released, which I'm so excited to talk about with you. Maybe we can just get a feel for you,
1: and maybe you can tell us where you live. Sure. Um, I live in New Zealand, in Christchurch, which is in the uh, South Island of New Zealand. Uh, Our islands here are very creatively named the North Mm -hmm. Island and the South Island, (laughs) and Christchurch is about halfway down the South Island um, on a bump that sticks out, Uh, but yeah, we've been here for... About six months now. Before that, we lived up in the North Island. Okay, six months. So do you feel home already? We feel so at home. It just oh. We lived here many years ago and then moved up north for ministry um, with the church that we were part of helping plant up there and mm-hmm. then eventually came home again late okay. last year. Okay, well, that's home then, isn't it, like you say? Yeah. That's wonderful.
0: Lynn, am I allowed to ask how old you are?
1: You can ask anything. (laughs) (laughs) If I don't know the answer, I will say I don't know. But um, yeah, I'm 65 years old, just turned 65 this year.
0: Oh, well done. And I just think it's so important. um, You know, some people, they don't like to talk about their age, but I just really think um it gives people a picture. And I think it's also wonderful to hear somebody who's sixty-five, somebody who's forty, somebody who's twenty, the life experience and the span of things that they've experienced is just so different. And so I think that gives us a good picture sometimes as we get to know somebody. Yeah. Um as you're an artist, I've got some silly questions like what's your favorite color scheme?
1: Well, my favorite color schemes are sort of the earthy colors. Um, I love ochres and, um, you know, deep sort of oranges, oh. um, muddied blues. You know, they sort of – I'm not sort of a super bright – I'm trying to learn how to put bright stuff in my art. Okay. Um, so I'm taking new steps there, but I've always gone for slightly muddied um, earth colors. And why is that, do you think? Um, for me, they're probably just a bit more restful, I mm-hmm. think.
0: Yeah, I understand. Mine, my favorite color scheme is neutral to cool, and I like bright within that green, pinks, purples. So I'm definitely, I think if I could walk around in neon and still be taken serious, I would still do that every day. I love that. You should have been an 80s girl, Karina. I'm telling you. I, I i mean, I am an 80s girl because I was born then, but I did not live in that time. I agree. I love all that. Shoulder pads, the whole thing. And yeah. my hair would actually match because I've got such frizzy hair. I think I would be, yeah, quite the bomb. <laughs> um, Lynn, are you married? Have you got children? Have you got grandchildren?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm married to Rob. Rob and I have been married... Um, I'm not good with maths So if you ask, ask me maths questions tonight You won't get coherent answers We've been married since 1978 mm-hmm. um, So that's 40 something years Yeah, that's right I'm not good um, at maths either, I agree Yeah, um, and um, yeah, so we've been married that long We've got two children, Daniel and Tanya And two grandchildren um, Who are Eden and Asher Eden is ten, Asher is eight.
0: Oh, that's beautiful! Thank you so much for doing a little bit of answering questions that have nothing to do with this podcast. But as this is our first uh, conversation with one another, I really like to get a feel for you, and I like to find out some non-spiritual things from you. And thank you so much yeah, for answering. No, that's great. Yes. So let's talk about your book. You have written a book called Daughters of Eve and that's a, available now on Kindle as well as paperback. That's right.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Why don't you tell us in a nutshell, what is it, what it's about and then we dive into a couple of deeper things about the book.
1: Okay. Okay. Um... To tell you what it's about, I'd probably have to tell you a little bit of my story. Would that be okay?
0: I would love that. That's actually one of the things that struck me as I was flipping through the book um, in preparation for this um, podcast.
1: Yeah, um, I was brought up in a non-Christian family, um, in a family where sexual abuse was uh, very rampant. Um, My dad and my grandfather both abused me sexually from... My granddad started when I was in my cot still. And um, it finished when I was 16 years old. um, When I um, eventually could stand up for myself. Um, But so my life was one of being controlled by the men in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when I was 16, I heard that... Um, Jesus loved me and he wanted to set me free. And I'm like, wow, the two oh. things that I really longed for in my life, love and freedom. Um, and so, you know, that was amazing. And Jesus did do those things. Yeah. But then I came into the church and found out that really life for a woman in the church wasn't much different from, um, life before knowing Christ yeah. in the it was still controlled by men. Um, And so that, but because I was used to being controlled by men, I didn't question it for many, many years. And it wasn't until 1990 that up till 1990, I had no conscious memory of my childhood abuse. Mm -hmm. I just had a lot of things about my life that didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And I had pushed my, Memories so far down in my subconscious that um, they just weren't there until one night they started flooding back up. Oh, wow. And I was left just um, absolutely shaken as these memories just continued to flood up oh. day after day. And Gosh, that's awful. Um, I
0: can just imagine the trauma.
1: Yeah, the trauma was huge. Mm. Um, my husband didn't know if he could hug me without. Mm. The memory, or um, it was an intense time for me as a person, for us as a married couple, Mm -hmm. but also for knowing where I fit in the church. By this stage, I was an accredited pastor, um, and I was a mess. I was on antidepressants, um, Mm you know, because of all the memories coming up. Yeah, of course. This anger within me started to rise up um, about men being in control. And I'm like, God, I don't want to be out of your order. Mm. So I've got to know what does the Bible actually say about women? And that started me on this search of searching scripture, searching deeper than the surface reading, Mm. um, finding reference books, finding historical books, um, and coming to the conclusion that everything, just about everything I'd been taught about a woman's place by the church, was the opposite of what scripture actually taught. Um, which then of course put me in, um, conflict with my husband, who'd been raised a good, um, Brethren, um, boy in the Brethren Church here in New Zealand. And, um, they definitely had the old traditional views. So we had to then work through that. Um, it put me in conflict with all the male pastors I knew. Um, yeah, just opened up a can of you know, a can of worms, so to speak. Yeah, um, I believe that. Work through all that, so um, that's the background. Yeah, and over the years um, since. I get, started gathering information. I kept gathering information and thinking, God, I don't know what you want me to do with this, but it's all sitting there on my computer. And then last year, I went through a really rough time. Um, I got breast cancer and had to go through wow. um, an operation and radiotherapy and stuff. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of recovering from that, the Lord said, now's the time to write the book about women. And I'm like, seriously? Yeah. <laughs> I just had a breast cancer op in the middle of radiotherapy and you want me to start what will be the most controversial book I've ever written. Mm -hmm. And that was the start of writing the book. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Just before we go any further, how are you doing now?
1: I'm doing really well. You're Um, doing really well. Yeah. They got all the cancer out and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the radiotherapy was nasty to go through as all that stuff is. Um but prognosis is brilliant um and now it's just regular checkups. Well that's awesome news, and I'm glad yeah. to
0: hear that. Thank you before we go any further. Thank you for sharing so open and vulnerable. I think even reading your story and your book, it really uh, caught up with me and hit me and um when we will meet face-to-face, there are not, met, not all similarities. This is your story, and I don't want to take away from your story at all, um, but I can relate to some of the things that you have been writing. And I'm so gra- grateful, really, that you have written this book, because we are now in 2020, and this is all still an issue um, to mm. s- some degrees you know some places are better at um, implementing and understanding this issue than other places but unfortunately it's still rampant some of the funny theological ideas and i was really pleasantly surprised to see your in-depth um research that before you start your story in your book it is packed with really information and research and um And like you said, you're not just using a scripture to make your point, you have gone on a journey clearly to find out and inform your point. And um, that is a vast difference and something that um, just the approach to this topic, it's something that uh, I think many of us would like to see more of, that we don't just preach our revelation um, or our present understanding of reading scripture, but that we go a little deeper and we research the surroundings. We research the history of things and we understand more about the culture that the words that we read have been written into and stuff like that. I was really impressed with it. So just a personal thank you again for writing this. I know many, many will be blessed by this book. I hope so. (laughs) I believe it. I believe it. Um, I would like to ask, if you can recount maybe one of the worst memories that you had of church conflict, you mentioned just now that actually, and I wonder if that is the worst encounter um, that you've had when you had all this revelation sitting there and then you're talking with your husband, Rob, and actually he's like, hang on a minute, you know, this is not what I've been taught and now I'm married to you and this is causing like major conflict. Um, Was it, that particular moment or can you recount an even more awful moment um, as a woman and as a minister with all that revelation now sitting there
1: yeah Rob um, he was actually really quite um, the conflict came more out of me working through the sexual issues you know okay. related to the abuse and the memories coming up um, but it was you know the Research came in the middle of that, um, but when I, you know, got brave enough to, you know, I had to pull my big girl pants up, yes, so I to love speak, when you say that. Um, and get brave enough to say, hey, Rob, um, you know, all that research I've been doing, uh, I don't agree with anything the church teaches now mm-hmm. on that. Um And it did create some conflict because, you know, he was the head of the house uh, and I had always given way to that to keep peace. Um, And yet in my heart, I always knew that I was as equal as he was, but yet everything I'd been told taught me I wasn't. Um, So eventually I said to him, you know, will you look at my research? Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: um, he said, yeah, I will. Um, So he took it away and, spent weeks going through it, and, oh, I love that. When they came up and I can still remember the, you know, the exact words he said, he said, I've been taught wrong all my life, haven't I? Oh, that's powerful. I, oh, wow. Um, so then we had to talk about how, how do we do this whole mm-hmm. equal responsibility for Bringing up a family equal responsibility mm-hmm. as priests of the home thing, and at that stage we were pastoring a church. Mm-hmm. And how do we, you know, um, share this with the church? How do we take them through that journey oh, wow. as well? Mm-hmm. And how was um, that? Um, it
0: was that they all get up in their chair and turn around, or um,
1: not quite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we definitely got some kickback. Um, definitely got a lot of people who got very, very upset, uh, and um, want to listen to the, you know, the actual research. Um, but just wanted to hold on to their traditions. Luckily, no one left the church. Oh wow! Um, but yeah, it was certainly. you know, it it took a lot of time, um, and. I think some people still didn't a hundred percent believe it. You know, mm-hmm. after a while, um, you know, judging even now by some of the comments that those people make, okay, um, there's still underlying things there mm-hmm. that they haven't really come to grips with. Because although they've gone, okay, well, no, we believe women are are equal, they're um, they're really not. You know, that whole Yes, they're equal, but um, they still have to submit to men. Yeah. Actually, that's
0: one of the things that we... um, Actually, Sam, would you like to um, get in there? We were just talking earlier, and you saw this one section in the book.
2: Um, Yeah, there was just this one uh, part that I underlined. said, unless God gives us revelation, we will usually only see in Scripture what is our current or what is in our current theological framework of understanding. Yeah. it's It's something that I know that I've lived with my whole life as well and gone through the process of um, this is what the Bible says, and so that's what I have to do in order to be a good Christian and then with further research as well, realizing actually that's not actually what it says, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: and um. Yeah, and, and it's very true. You know, we, we do we look at scripture through what we currently understand and we read it from that framework. And unless God gives us revelation, um, you know, I mean most of the listeners, you know, will have had at some stage an experience where they were reading scripture and all of a sudden God gave them rhema revelation and they went oh my goodness i didn't realize it meant that Mm -hmm. i can remember one scripture i did that with um completely off the subject of woman but um the scripture where jesus says if you love me you will keep my commandments i always read that through the framework of here's jesus giving me a command that i have to keep his commandments in order to prove my love for him Mm. And then one day I was reading it and I read it. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is the natural outcome of my love for him. It's not a command, it's a projected outcome. Mm -hmm. If you love me, this is what will automatically happen. You'll keep my commandments. Mm -hmm. And it changed everything. Oh, it really does change everything. And I think...
0: I mean without having a little preach from one to the other. It really is all summed up in the love the Lord your God, love your neighbor, love yourself. I mean, if it's all summed up in that, that really should be our lens, whatever we read in the Bible. Old Testament, New Testament, whatever study we do, what you know, that really is all wrapped up in the love, isn't it? It's nothing yes, it that is. we Yeah, and it goes really it goes from God first and everything else is just a love response. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just as I'm listening to you I'm thinking of I'm thinking much of my own story with Sam and I'm thinking of some of the women that have mentored me I'm thinking of some of the women that I have mentored and discipled and um, what what can we say to the women that are stuck that are now in a marriage where they have not an understanding husband like you have had, who was willing to look at um, what you have researched and written. And what, what can, what, what words of comfort of what words of instruction do you have for them? I know we didn't discuss this question, but it just came to mind now.
1: Um, I think for any woman, one of the, biggest things is they need to know for themselves what scripture actually says Mm -hmm. because if they don't know that then they will get tossed about by everybody's opinions yeah um so that's the foundation um know that for yourself Mm -hmm. but scripture says that we are to submit one to another Mm -hmm. and so even like for When Rob and I first had that, you know, when I first had that revelation and did all the study and stuff, Rob was on a different page. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I I said to him, Look, you know, well, you know, he said that, you know, well, the Bible says you have to submit to me. And I'm like, darling, I'll willingly do that because the Bible says submit to one another. Mm -hmm. And so, um until you you know until you come to a different place or even if you never come to a different place there's a a willingness to work together here that is in my heart um i think that's clear I, listening I, to you I, I won't back down from what i now believe mm-hmm. yeah So I will stand up and I will question you. I won't just roll over to keep the peace, um, which is what I've done in the past. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of women do in the marriage Mm -hmm. um, because they think that somehow submitting to their husband means that they can't have a voice. Right.
2: Yeah. I think Um, one of the things that we've found also in our relationship and has been the fact that right from the beginning, Karina didn't really roll over mm -hmm. and, just do what i said there was a lot of times where to keep the peace maybe she might back down a bit but then if it really was on her heart she would come back and say no this is not right we cannot do this this the way that you've treated me is is unacceptable um the way that that person has treated this person is unacceptable i can't look myself in the mirror if i don't confront this issue and it's been her confronting my belief system her belief system, Mm -hmm. because both of our belief systems have been on the table and she's confronted hers before she's confronted mine.
0: And I think that's the only way, like you said, um, the only way that it goes. I think we only can confront if we know what our truth is. I mean, we talk about knowing scripture, but it's so much deeper than scripture. It is research. It is truth and just i think you even say that in your book but i'm not 100% i might have read it somewhere else so i don't want to put something in your mouth that you haven't but truth is more than scripture jesus is the truth and yeah. scripture is not all jesus and so it's we need to really and that's what i love about your book there is a lot of truth in that book but there's not only scripture upon scripture to just back up what you want to say Um, there's research and the truth speaks through what you're saying through your words Um, but i think that's the only way to really confront somebody when we have our own truth when we have our and that is rooted in christ um, and then we and we do our homework on ourselves and then we stand up to ourselves then we get to also confront other people but i think that's not just a gender issue i think that's that's how it should be across the board
1: yeah. Oh, good. This is it's so good. Um, because I was so used to submitting. My whole life had been about submitting. Oh, yeah. Um, so learning to stand up for myself was something I had to learn. Um, yeah. So that were, that for me was, you know, my journey was different from yours in, in that yeah. way. And um, that it took a lot for me to learn to stand up for myself. Yeah, I hear that and I congratulate and and, um, didn't do it wisely at times (laughs) um, in the learning, but yeah. yeah.
0: And who does? I I think especially with prophetic people and with women, there is this understanding that I don't know, like it's almost unless it's perfect, then you better not. But I feel like that same standard is not held to other people. And I think we need to remind ourselves that we're allowed to make mistakes we are allowed that when we have been wronged actually to swing to the other side for a minute because that's part of creating freedom around us and to creating okay actually where is my boundary um so um i i just think it's so normal you know it's human even to um not do everything perfect nobody is perfect yeah yeah I, i love this conversation and i think um, like you say, there is no right or wrong time to stand up. There is Everybody has like a time frame. Everybody has a moment of truth, so to speak, where God highlights something. And I'm just so grateful that you shared uh, your moment of truth. And I think it also depends on the life experience and like you say, the trauma that one walks through. All of our experiences are so different. And um, I think one of the things for me that I had to come to terms with, I'm always told that I'm um, i'm not assertive i'm aggressive so um yeah, that's and that aggression problem, yeah. yeah but that aggression of course also comes from a really really heavy um authoritarian household that i grew up in yeah. with a lot of domestic violence and then like you the lord that you know meets me and it's that i'm 18 and it's the, my one chance to stand up to my dad and say you know, you cannot touch me anymore. You cannot, if you do it this time, I'm going to call the police. And, um, and it's powerful. And I think because I had that so early, like at 18, 19, actually 18, I think it was just after my birthday because I had it so early. It is just something that I feel like I can't go back on that. I, I just This is like as far as I'm willing to bend. And then I'm like, no, anything else is actually a trigger for me. So I can't. I can't go back. That's prison to me. Um, and um, I think that's where my aggression, yeah. but I call it assertiveness, comes from. So the from. thing is,
2: if it is a man, it is classed as assertiveness. Yeah. If it's a woman doing exactly the same thing, it's classed as aggression. And this is also where we have this gender problem.
1: It's true. Yeah, I, I think when it... Um, you're, you're right, Sam. When it is a woman, <laughs> a lot of things are seen differently if that behavior comes from a man than if it comes from a woman. Mm.
2: Without a doubt.
0: What are some of the experiences that you have had in your ministry time where you would say that's the same? So say Rob would be able to say something, but if you would say it, there would be a different response.
1: Um. Oh flip um, oh, sorry <laughs> all of them um,
2: which yes. one do you pick yeah
1: sorry what was that
2: which one do you pick
1: yeah I know um i I think there's been a lot of things that you know um well i I can remember one one church that um I was working for um where I was part of the um, office staff. I wasn't on staff as a pastor, Um, although I was an accredited pastor at that time. We just shifted city and we had gone to this church. um, Which is
0: another big story in and of itself. I just want to mention that on the side, but keep
1: going. Um, And... um, I was asked to help um, organise a national conference um, and to be the, um, you know, the doing all the organisation for it um, and bringing everything together and, you know, willingly did it. And then the next year it was taken off me and given to a man um, to do, not because I had done a bad job, but simply because he was a a pastor, I was also a pastor, Um, but he was a man. And it was felt that um, other pastors in the country would respond better to a man organising the conference than me organising it. That pains Um, me. That must have pained you a lot, actually. Yeah, it did, actually. Um, I got really quite angry um, and felt very, um, you know, had done by for a while um mm-hmm. because and, you were yeah um but the same um the same people um other the male members of the staff of that church also would make derogatory comments to me about I- any time I said anything that they could take in any way to be feminist um right you know, would make derogatory comments about, we don't want your feminism around here. Oh um, why don't you just go back to the kitchen? Um, <gasps> what? Yeah, you know, stuff like that. Um, and know. these were the pastors, Um pastors. Uh, three of them that would make comments like that. So, um, yeah, you, had, you know, you had to learn to bite your tongue at mm-hmm. times and... Um, except one time I didn't, and I told the senior pastor he was a bully. Um, Whoops, got me in trouble.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I bet
0: it did, and good for you to do it. I think this is a story that is not so insular. I think, is that the right word, actually? Isolated. Isolated, isolated. sorry, wrong word there. Isolated um, to you or to me. I think across the board, I'm thinking just about some of the women that have mentored me, And um, some of them, and I think you mentioned that even in your book, they couldn't actually cope with that anymore. They couldn't cope with the bullying. They couldn't cope with the um, putting down. And some of it just downright patronizing way of being talked to when they were educated women, when they were smart women, anointed, anointed, anointed calls, affirmed. I mean, I don't know what hoops they had to jump through and then they had it and they actually went into the secular world and became successful there because they just couldn't hack it. They just couldn't, um, they just
1: didn't see the point almost. Um, What's your thoughts on that? Um, It's something that is very, very common actually. Um, The amount of women I know that um, have just gone, it's just too much. I, I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't get this much flack out in, you know, in the secular world. Mm-hmm. And in the secular world, they're accepted. In the secular world, they're, you know, their gifts are recognized. Um, mm-hmm. Their skills are recognized. But in the church, they're not. Um, you know, it's, I mean, there have been times, like I say in the book, where I've been called a Jezebel um, because, one, because I'm a prophet and I. Mm-hmm you know, speak up um, and confront things. Mm-hmm. Um, I always try to do it lovingly, um, mm-hmm. except when I called that Um That was just black and white. Um, oh, it was loving to you.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, it was. I probably could have said a whole lot more, um, but I just used that one word. Um, How loving of you. Yeah, but it was, um, it, it's a very real thing for a lot of women it just it becomes too much, um, and you know they they do they end up going. It's just not worth it. Um, not worth it for my sanity. Not worth it for my marriage' sake because I'm you know it's affecting my home life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and they. It, it's sad. Um, it is sad, but it it's more now. You know, like there's a lot now where a lot of people say, yes, they believe in women being equal, mm-hmm. but the underlying stuff still isn't getting dealt with. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I mentioned in the book about a, um, this just happened last year when I was writing the book, um, a young woman in her thirties approached me and said, look, um, my pastor is wanting to, they're wanting to rewrite their church constitution and um, Recognise that women are equal in their church constitution, but he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to do any teaching with the congregation. He just wants to change the constitution mm-hmm. and move on. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't want to deal with any of the underlying. Yeah. T- no repentance involved. Um, no restitution. No mm-hmm. um, no apologies to the woman. No teaching on what scripture says. Just, yeah. Let's just change the constitution and pretend it never, ever happened. Yeah, and be done with it. Yeah. yeah. And, ah. and that underlying stuff is the stuff that we need to deal with going forward. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. I would like to ask, have you experienced, are there places that you have experienced where they are at the very least tackling this issue in more of the way that you have just described or if they even excel
1: in that? Um, to be honest, I don't know of anyone who's actually really tackling the underlying issues. I don't know of any churches that are. Um, I know of people like me who are writing books -hmm. I know that there are women ministers who are getting on and just doing the stuff, and Mm um, you know, a lot of them are setting have had to set up their own ministries because under place in the church, um, you know, but and they're getting on and doing it, and they're accepted as um, because they have their own ministry, you know, they're Mm -hmm. often accepted as conference speakers, etc., etc. Um, but churches really aren't dealing with the underlying stuff. Um, That's true. I don't know of any that are. Oh, man, that makes
0: me so sad. I just thought you would have maybe like a nice blueprint or like a nice um, anecdote there. But um, I'm sorry. I wish I I could. I believe, believe, and I think that's much our experience, um, especially coming to Germany. it was in five minutes that i was here that one of the lead pastors sat next to me and that's after we've just moved countries to be here
2: and Um, skype yeah yeah and
0: to just say you know what i actually don't believe women should be in ministry and that was just the beginning of an avalanche that i was not prepared for in many ways and that left me quite bewildered if i'm honest um yeah but yeah i think there is much to do if you if you Um, could paint a picture for us what you would love to see happen what would you what would you like to see in the next five years and how would you like to see um a church the church as a whole how would you like like paint us a picture of what you would like to see of how it could look like
1: oh my goodness um together yeah obviously you know the long-term picture is for this not to ever be an issue. Um, Mm -hmm. But in the next five years, I would like to actually see honest, open discussions. I would like to see um, pastors teaching their congregations so that they get a really good foundation of what does scripture actually say. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you say teaching, you mean in
0: context with... Um, with more than just the scriptures itself, but with explaining the scriptures with research he, and with history context, etc
1: yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. because like you you see some of that historical stuff, and like even i mean you you'll as you read in the book um you'll see that even some of the oh, um it's like landmines um you know, what they did to women in the Bible, changing women's sexes and giving them male names, some right. of the women apostles, yeah. um, and changing their names in the Bible to fit the institutional church's mm-hmm. position that only men could be leaders. Yeah, patriarchy and the uh, agenda yeah. of them, yeah. I mean, that, that's huge to well, the change the Bible itself. Um, you know and change their their name their sex um mm-hmm. and go well you know see the bible proves women can't be leaders um but we 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 don't know that stuff because no one's ever told us that that's happened mm-hmm. and we do you know and we read paul's verses and we go see paul's the most anti- woman um you know yeah preacher in the new but they changed his stuff. They mm-hmm. changed what he wrote. They left bits out that actually Paul was the most, next to Jesus, the most pro woman mm-hmm. preaching um, and teaching and being apostles and leaders. 60 something percent of the people that he mentions and says, greet these people, these leaders who are, you know, fellow leaders of mine in Christ, 60 percent of them are women hmm Um, you know, why would you say greet this woman if you didn't, you know, and call them your fellow workers if you didn't mm-hmm. believe they should be in ministry. Yeah. Um, even. But you know, yeah, some of the I stuff mean, they did in those writings are are criminal. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And to all my listeners you can
0: really see how uh, important this book is and why i would say go get it on kindle on paperback and um, you can get it on amazon as well and on the website i will again link that below um but we could i could talk with now forever i can tell i just want to tell her all my stories and i want to be comforted by her and i want to comfort her in return and all that back and forth because this is horrible and it needs comfort and it needs to be talked about and it needs changing and this is just one of the many topics um that i've been tackling in these last few um podcasts slim there wasn't uh, um i didn't really talk with you too much about your abuse i've just had a podcast about sexual abuse i hope uh, you didn't feel like that i was just washing over it because that in itself is like something that we need to talk about more and um Truly, I am so sorry that that happened to you, but I'm really grateful that you are doing re- well, that you are, have found your, like you say, your big girl pants, and that you are courageous enough to have written this book. Um, thank you so much for having this chat with me here on the podcast. And um, yeah, just thank you. Just thank you for your work, for the years of sitting in the tension and for um, keeping a soft heart. And thank you, God, for the opportunity of, um, you know, Lynn and Rob together and their tension and them wrestling with this together. This is, you know, this is not every, not everybody has that. I know other people, they have gotten they're divorced over those issues. I know divorce was on our table. It's because still not of not <laughs> It will never really be off
2: the no, table. Because then you have freedom.
0: That's right. But I want to be married to you, but that's not what I'm saying. I just love this. I'm grateful. And I just want to thank you again, Lynn, for having this podcast. My children are just chatting here in the background. I hope you didn't hear that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, thank you so much for this time. Um, Lynn, maybe as we're finishing, would you love to have a
1: quick, short, pointed prayer for us? I'd love that, darling, and um, I, you know, thank you for what you said about the abuse. Um, To me, that wasn't the point of, you know, um, of our talking together, and God is so wonderful in healing people. Um, He's done so much, and I am honestly, you know, in so many areas, not that girl any longer. Oh, I believe Um, that you know because he's just done so much there are still things he needs to do um as with all of us but um exactly yeah but father just you are such a good dad um and that's been the biggest thing that's come out of the whole abuse thing for me um that you are such a good dad that you are safe that you care for your daughters um and that your plans and purposes were full of good intent right from the very beginning. You planned and you purposed for them to be equal in every way. You gave them the same shared commission. You gave them the same shared um, dream in their heart of seeing a world be born um, and grow out of the reality of who you are and who you made them. And Father, the dream's not any different today. Mm. Father, you've given us a dream to see a world formed out of who you are and who we are in you. And for every woman out there, that dream has been planted in their heart from the beginning of time. And you mean to bring it to pass. Mm. Father, for everyone that's been hurt, for every one of them that's been abused by um, the church system itself, but also by people who haven't known better uh, because they've been blinded Mm. by what they've believed, blinded by lies. Mm -hmm. Father, I ask that you would bring healing, that you would bring them to a place of wholeness, that you would bring them to a place of peace and rest within themselves, that they know, that they know, that they know who they are and that because of that they can stand up and be who they are and they can walk with confidence, not just confidence in their abilities but confidence that comes because they know they are enough, they know they are okay, they know that There is nothing wrong, nothing broken in them because they're a woman. Father, I bless them. And, Lord, I just speak a mother's blessing over them. So many women don't know what it is to have received a mother's blessing. So, Father, I speak over them a mother's blessing that releases them into the fullness of maturity that releases them as mature women within themselves. Not look down on are uh, less than, but as peers in the kingdom, as sisters and daughters in the kingdom that stand side by side together to see your love and your power released to set people free. Father, I bless them in that. Amen. Amen. Ah,
0: thank you, Lynn, for this time with you. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it was so informative. And I just want to remind everyone again that that book is available now uh, on Amazon and I'm sure over your website as well. Um, so go get it and educate yourselves. Um, see you next time. Bye. Ready.